Good morning, all. Ryan Tuberty with you this Wednesday morning. It's the uh, why do I? I suppose it's because the space-time continuum, as we say in the Starship Enterprise, has been totally confused by the pandemic temporal hole we find ourselves in. Shall we say that? It's hard to know what time or what day it is, but I do know it's the eighth of December. And once upon a time, children, many years ago, the people from the country would spend today on buses and trains and cars and carts and ho- I'm only joking. People from non-Dublin, from non-Dublin, would come to Dublin and dazzle, be dazzled at the Switzers and go see Santa and the, and the things that move like that really out of time and they cost 50p to put together but we're nostalgic for them now and they got a badge to say I saw Santa and then they went home but that doesn't really happen now because really all the big shops came to the towns and the villages around and the cities and said no don't take up to don't need you anymore double and uh, and then there's a pandemic so now there's even more reason not to come anywhere or go anywhere so that's why we're not expecting the streets to be thronged with people on this 8th of December 2021. What have we got for you today? We have, we have plenty to go. We have so many places to go. Uh, Dr. Seuss would say. The uh, reaction to John Brennan, lovely reaction from people who are listening to John talking about uh, dyslexia and, and, and other stories. Uh, so we'll get to that uh, in a little while. The, the big, I suppose, uh, this is the time of year when listy, listy stories start getting into the papers as, as kind of real news starts to peter out, as it will do in the next couple of weeks. And they, they, we just, we, they, we, we all do it. Uh, look at the list and go, that's it, didn't know that. So today's list to begin it, uh, as we head into the Christmas season, is uh, Google reveals what we've been searching for in 2021, according to RTE.ie. So if you ever go on a search, how to, how to, it, it, it immediately springs up with suggestions. And the, the, the most how-to suggestions and requests were how to, one, Register for the COVID-19 vaccine. How to make iced coffee. See our priorities. I've got to get the vaccine, but I'd love a nice iced coffee. Next one. How to do an antigen test. Interesting, that one. The conversations I've had around that. So how far up the nose do you put that thing? And are you really scraping or are you placeboing yourself? Are you fooling yourself going, just going to just kind of wave it there a little bit? And then, oh, it's negative. Oh, great. As opposed to, seriously, do you know how to do this antigen test? Anyway, let's go. Next one. How to book a COVID-19 test. How to get rid of fruit flies. Huh? Okay. Please don't text about that. Don't care. We did it. Next, how to do the Jerusalem dance. How to solve a Rubik's Cube. I hate Rubik's Cubes. I don't like them, never like them. How to apply for the COVID payment. How to get the COVID-19 certificate. How to buy Bitcoin, which apparently is a big conversation for some people. Comfort food. Uh, this year, war, uh, banana bread and scones have been uh, superseded by pancakes, waffles and shepherd's pie. I'd eat all of that. Now, that's good. And TV shows that were uh, Googled, uh, Bridgerton, Squid Game, Love Island, Eurovision, Mayor of Easttown, Behind Her Eyes, Firefly Lane, Line of Duty, Kin, and Your Honour. And then loads of Brexit questions and loads of COVID questions. So that's pretty much it. If you're wondering, no surprises really there. Um, I do like the, uh, the BBC list, though, uh, which is uh, the most commonly mispronounced words of the year 2021 including 
the world number four tennis player who's Greek. Uh, so I'm going to have a pop at this and we'll see before you have a pop at me if you're getting it wrong. How about that? <laughs> Quids in? Let's do it. Stephanos Tsitsipas is a tennis player. And I say that with no confidence. Chugi is uh, now uh, uh, slang for uncool or unfashionable. It, because of the, the uh, COP26 summit, lots of Americans put in how to pronounce Glasgow. I just say Glas- Glasgow. Yeah, I can understand that. So Glas, it's, 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 it's got that Z feel to it, Glasgow. Uh, Yassify is the, obviously the filter, Yassify. And Ever Given is the name of the ship that blocked the Suez Canal. I didn't know that. And Dogecoin, the cryptocurrency popularised by Elon Musk. These were the mispronounced words of the year. Uh, in the Irish Examiner today, Irish people are among the most willing in the world. This is a strange accolade, but we'll take it. Uh, the most willing in the world to try CPR when they witness someone having a heart attack with bystanders taking action in. What percent? Let's, let's, let me just pause this for a moment. What percentage of people do you think in Ireland would see somebody fall uh, maybe having a heart attack and would offer CPR or stop and do what percent would you say it's in the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s the answer is 84% which is pretty impressive um, and this is a report from the out of hospital cardiac arrest registrar Ireland and they tell us today that this is the first vital step in the chain of survival to save a life half of cardiac arrests are witnessed by bystanders the person collapsed in front of them. The key step for the bystander was immediately calling uh, the number 112. I'm not familiar with that one, but 999 was the one I'd know. The call taker provides instructions to commence chest compressions and shout to someone to get you the nearest automated external defibrillator. Or defibrillator. So that is it. That's just what the, that there's a good news story among the difficult news story for people who are actually having a hard time in the first place. Uh, Instagram will help teenagers to wipe their accounts, meanwhile, of old posts. This will be important for the next generation. Um, as they grow up and fully understand information they've shared, it does baffle me how much people share of their private lives in terms of photos and partying and stuff like that. Because I suppose when you're 18, well, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, you think you're never going to get old, which is fair enough, nor should you be thinking about that. But then there's the job application five years after that. And they do a little search and they go, okay, what do we got here? Party animal. Um, or nerd or whatever it might be party party nerd even better um, but this this will now uh, allow users to bulk delete old posts to help them manage their digital footprint be quite convenient for the politicians of the future the move comes as Instagram announces a series of other changes to make it safer for children and give parents more control over their usage of the app I'm a big hot chocolate fan I love it um, and I uh, have it all the time and I make it at home all the time. I love it, but I don't bother it with marshmallows. I'm not interested. I want the hot chocolate. I don't want to be fighting to get the hot chocolate in into me when there's all these little bits of marshmallows in the way. And so, so no to that. But it's it's proven to be a big trend, big trend now, and especially in the states. Instead of like a cheese board, you have a, a hot chocolate board. This is the winter train trend. So it comes out on a board, and there's all sorts of stuff like like. Cookies, or as we say, biscuits, and they have candy canes and marshmallows of all shapes and sizes. Maybe some covered in chocolate. Actually, it looks kind of delicious. I'm not going to lie; it, it looks great. There's n- there there are a few things better than a delicious hot chocolate, and there are a few things worse than a badly made one. It's it, it, it's 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 not that easy. Um, 
I believe West Side Story is terrific. I've mentioned it yesterday. Um, I've been told and assured by West Life Story aficionados that I need to watch the original, which I haven't. I looked it up. It's two hours, 40 minutes. God help us. Give me back my life. But uh, I'll go. I will give it a go. I'm going to watch it maybe over the weekend. Um, actually, yes, yeah, Sunday, I think I'll watch it. But in the remake, Steven Spielberg has chosen to kind of correct the uh, the ethnic record, if you like. So what he's done is there are stretches of it, for, of the film, where it's, there's only Spanish spoken. And he's refused to put subtitles in it uh, because... What did he say? Because out of respect for the inclusivity of our intentions to hire a totally... Latin, is it Latin X? I just, it's a Latin, is that how you, it's not Latinx, it's Latin X. Uh, cast to play the Sharks, boys and girls. This is a word that is new to me because I think I saw it regarding um, Lin-Manuel Hamilton's uh, In the Heights where it was a Latin X where he, he was accused of not employing enough um, ethnically correct culturally, blah, etc, etc. Um, anyway, stretches of the new uh, film features acting actors speaking in Spanish without English subtitles, uh, leaving non-Spanish speaking viewers like myself in the dark about certain exchanges between members of the Sharks and the larger Puerto Rican community depicted in the film. But Spielberg says this was deliberate. Um, I don't think that's a great idea. I, I, I think it, it, movies are movies and subtitles are subtitles and languages are languages and... Um, no, I think that's a bit odd now, to be honest. Um, I'm sure he's trying to do the right thing, and maybe there are people who will th- say it's great, but look, that's a movie-going experience. No. Um, he knows that. Mind you, I was watching, uh, I went back, as I promised I would yesterday, in that beautiful stormy weather. I watched uh, Band of Brothers. I went back to watch it from the beginning. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, it is a masterpiece, and if you haven't seen it, Treat yourself to for it. Got the first two episodes in. Andrew Scott featuring largely in the second episode. He's about 12 in it. Um, but he's obviously very good. You see all these actors who go on to become much bigger throughout the uh, 90s and noughties. And uh, it's just great. Damien Lewis as Captain Winters is knockout. Um, so that was great. Anyway, um, elsewhere in the uh, papers this morning. In fact, we'll park the papers for a second. I do want to go to the reaction to John Brennan because it was so strong. And at uh, 9.15, we were privileged, says James, and uh, proud to hear your interview with John Brennan and your kind words words toward the teaching profession were warmly appreciated. I'd just like to share another story about John's teacher, Finbar. He was modest, too modest to say it, but Finbar has worked with Cumann and Munskall at, at Dublin for many years, and has nurtured thousands of children during his time in retirement, hasn't slowed him down one bit. He still prepares teams for the Santry Athletics each year. His voice is recognisable all over the country as he is our MC and commentator for the annual event, which caters for 13,000 children over eight days every May. And Finbar is a champion for children. His passion for inclusion is as strong today as it was on his first day of teaching. Amazing. So thank you again. It was an uplifting conversation. Thank you, James. Uh, I have two adult daughters, says Joanna. I uh, was dyslexia, both of whom were very, have been very successful academically. If a student isn't a natural reader, they fall behind very quickly. But there are alternative methods of teaching a student to read. My daughter, who's 26, learned to read painstakingly by learning all the reading rules. Uh, a great book called The Gift of Dyslexia. Uh, you say the Leaving Cert Applied is a great course, couldn't qualify a student to go to a PLC and maybe university. My youngest daughter has completed two PLC Level 5 courses and a Level 6 course. And if a child has dyslexia, says Joanna, their learning capabilities will not be limited. 
Suzanne said, what a wonderful guest John Brennan was, how right he is regarding children who may not be achieving. It may be due to them being non-academic or them having dyslexia. My son has dyslexia, but he is an outstanding artist, a painter, who also teaches children to paint. And the educational system needs to realise that there are, there are those whose talents lie elsewhere and assist these children and young adults. Well said. Really enjoyed the interview with John. I'm a teacher, now retired. I agree with his uh, the views on education and dyslexia. I took an unusual route and taught at different levels from primary school to adult level and loved it. So thank you for that. Another, I was at school with a girl who was had undiagnosed dyslexia. She had a terrible time. The teachers were awful to her and her school experience was horrendous. I see this lady appear every rich every year now on the Swindon Rich List and it fills my heart with joy. And that, That's a nice kick to that story. Uh, and lovely to listen to John and his story. Great success. My son of 16 has dyslexia, wasn't diagnosed until he was in second class. This was because his difficulty was so complex and he disguised it so well. Uh, says Barbara in Limerick, we moved him to a new school and he encountered the most amazing teacher, Miss O'Connell. She went right back to the ABCs and worked and worked with him. He also worked so hard on it and English is now one of his best subjects in school. He still struggles with maths and is exempt from languages. But the school curriculum is for square pegs, for uh, square holes and our Dara is an amazing athlete and he's happy. And that's all that matters. The happiness, not results. And that's from Barbara. So that's just a flavour of what people were saying. It's absolutely uh, well said to one and all. And then Kevin Devitt uh, in Westport in Mayo, who I've had the pleasure of bumping into there, uh, sent an email on Band of Brothers to say, my father, Corporal Paul Devitt, uh, participated in the D-Day invasion as a member of the 506th PIR Company A, also known as the Screaming Eagles. And the Band of Brothers, it was about Company A and Company B. And on D-Day, they were dropped seven miles off the targeted drop zone in the thick of the Germans. My dad survived and went to fight until a day before Christmas at the Battle of the Bulge. He was blown apart by a bomb that exploded in front of him and two others in the foxhole. My dad lost his left arm and left leg. The two other soldiers died instantly. He survived, went through nine months of rehab and became a successful family man with a beautiful wife and five children. Wow. In 1979, he died of an aneurysm and he was 59 years old. Isn't that amazing? Kevin, lovely of you to, to share that story with us uh, this morning and watching it last night. The, the, the fickleness of, of the war in terms of two fellows would be crawling along the ground heading towards his position. And the other guy going, I just need to... Gone. Bullet in the head. Gone. I mean, it's just extraordinary and that your dad saw two guys blown up in front of him and he kept going and then you come into the world. I mean, it's just amazing. Anyway, thank you for that. Have you tried the tin of Bailey's hot chocolate yet, says Anne? Just saw it recently and uh, I bought it for a hot chocolate-loving family member. Is that, does that mean it's boozy hot chocolate? I, no, I haven't tried that. Uh, the Killing Fields didn't have subtitles at all for any of the Com- Cambodian parts. Really, I didn't. I didn't. Gosh, I didn't even notice. So maybe I won't notice when it comes to the other. Anya and Mayo says cocoa is grown-up hot chocolate. It's underrated. I wonder why it isn't available in cafes. Well, couldn't answer that. Uh, best hot chocolate I ever had was in Sweden years ago. A lump of chocolate melted in a copper pot with cream and finished with a nip of brandy. Pure heaven. Sounds good. As long as you're not in the car. One one two is the emergency number in every EU member state and the UK. In addition to nine 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 in Ireland and the UK. Never. Do you know what? I never knew that. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? One, one, two. Thank you for though for sharing that with us because that was news to me. Uh, it's nine twenty. Perfect. Five one five five one is the text number. And today we're going to go with a little Reverend Al Green.
sublime, sublime, sublime. Uh, Al Green and tired of being alone at uh, 9.22. Here's a great email in relation to our chat with Sophie Moosley and, um, on uh, the other morning. I enjoyed your interview, says Tom, with Sophie, and I can totally relate to her story. I was born in Canada. An Irish father from Armagh and a British mother who was born in Karachi before Pakistan was a country. And my father left Armagh and joined the RAF in World War II. Here we go again, age 16. After the war, he came to Dublin, joined Aer Lingus as chief navigator. The family then moved to Montreal and later Mexico, where I grew up Mexican. When I turned 15, I was shipped off to boarding school as my dad thought I needed to get some sense of my Irish identity. I am fully bilingual, but people find my accent disconcerting. And sooner or later, I get the, where are you really from, question. Unlike Sophie, I can hide in plain sight because I'm white. My earliest exposure to this inquisition was visiting relatives in Armagh in 1969. I was asked the following. Where are you from? What's your name? Where'd you live? Where'd you go to school? And people were trying to really find out what religion you were. <laughs> Living in London in 1973, uh, which were not fun times for Irish people, I often spoke like a Mexican who was learning English. The questions in English, in England rather, are more social driven as they want to figure out what social caste pigeonhole to stick you in. I lived in California for 40 years and I can't remember ever being asked where I was from. The benefit of having a mid-Atlantic accent and being white. I came back to Ireland a few years ago and the question comes up more times than you can imagine. Because of my experience in the North with people trying to determine my religion, I developed a near phobia about answering my or any random questions about me. I think Sophie is way too generous. If she were white, they would just assume she was the blow-in from Mullingar. But we all have a story, and we should be able to tell it on our terms and not to satisfy someone being nosy. I don't agree that it's a way to pick a topic to have a conversation. Why does it matter where you're from? Accept me as I am and what I will share with you. If you desperately want to know where someone is from, ask what part of Ireland they're from, and let them tell you if they want to, says Tom. That's a fair cop. You've been around, you know the score. Uh, Ray, uh, wonderful music choice. Once again, you managed to fit some brass in always. I love the bit of brass, I have to say. And I love that. I, lo- I just fi- find that this time of year, those gorgeous old tunes really fit. There's a certain um, oak oak timelessness to them, if that's, the, if that's an expression. If it isn't, it is now. Still remember hot chocolate with Grand Marnier, uh, topped with cream and not too sweet. France, 1986. Delicious. <laughs> Still start having a full m- moment there. The idea, says Mac and Scaries of uh, 112, is so you don't have to think about the emergency number if visiting a member state. You can call it anywhere, including a locked mobile device. Great. Makes sense. Thank you for that. Can I wish a very happy eighth birthday? Yeah, sure. To uh, Theo from Mammy and Daddy and Granny. He woke up to a surprise day off because of the storm. Yes. I say surprise day off now gives people the heebie-jeebies because you're suddenly into emergency childcare and uh, situation and uh, what are we going to do now? And uh, the kids are delighted with themselves and you're kind of going, well, yeah, I can't, you know, um, life still has to go on over here. But, uh, and I think they came quite late. But look, I'm a firm believer in rather than giving out to everyone about everything, the, the, the storm, even the pandemic, everything is so fluid and it's hard to navigate. So... Steady as she goes. Can you... Uh, my son is dyslexic. Okay, but he became a financial accountant. Well, he struggled in school, but he ploughed on and worked very hard and we're hugely proud of him. That's good. That's uh, apropos of the chat with John uh, yesterday. Uh, so thank you for that. 9.26, back shortly. Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1. Eight minutes to ten. Uh, this is Yola. Gonna 
Again, the brass at the end of that uh, gives that a lovely Christmassy feel. Uh, beautiful song, a beautiful interpretation, and what a voice! Absolutely love that. Um, a lot of text, beautiful. Very uh, what a version from a beautiful singer Yoda. Her album was gorgeous to listen. Says the text there this morning. My son, who is dyslexic, uh, dyslexic, has just graduated with a master's in mechanical engineering from UCD. From not being able to read to this, everything is achieve- achievable. Says this text, and another says that. Um, I was dyslexic uh, in school from Derek. Ended up in the C class. And the teacher on the first day said, lads, don't be disappointed that you're in the C class because in my experience, the guys in the A class usually end up working for the guys in the C class. (laughs) It stuck with me, says Derek. And when I finished school, I set up and now run my own business. That's good news. Looking through a very beautiful book that landed on my desk from uh, John Boland, the poet with drawing, gorgeous drawings by Fergal McCabe, who's a town planner, as it turns out, and everything. But the poems are beautiful, called Near and There, new and selected poems by John. And uh, I know that they were, that was about to land and then COVID kicked in. So if you are considering Irish poetry this uh, Christmas, there's a lovely presentation, Near and There by John. And then uh, 140 years of Dublin Hospitals Rugby. It's niche, but I tell you what, if for the title alone, it's called The, the Hospital Pass. <laughs> I like that. Uh, from Dr. Khan Ferry and Dr. Michael Farrell and Dr. Morgan Crow. And again, uh, another beautiful presentation. But that's the sort of stuff coming in at the moment. And it is Irish, and that's important. And I know Joe will do the self-published book soon enough. That's always a cracker of a show. So uh, we'll, see, we'll see how that all lands. But meanwhile, back in, in our show, in terms of what's happening, Transfix is a text by the strength of that amazing interviewer, this interviewee this morning. So sorry for her family's loss uh, and going through a tough time myself. And she's giving me solace. And that is why we do interviews like this, because it, it, we do feel it, it helps people like you who are in, going through it uh, to feel a little lighter uh, on a given day. Uh, plenty in on dyslexia, a lot in from teachers, I'm glad to say, and a lot in on, so, but where are you really from? Uh, and we'll get to some of those tomorrow because it's only... Thursday tomorrow, so we've got plenty of time to uh, go through them all. And indeed, on a, a bystanders helping people who have fallen, uh, as per the chat earlier on about CPR and heart attacks and everything in between. So thank you for taking the time to send us all those texts to 51550. But the emails we welcome, and they can often be a little more reflective with time, ryan at rte.ie, and we'll get to those too. Uh, have a good day today. Mind yourselves. Thanks so much for listening in this morning. Stay tuned for Claire. We'll see you tomorrow. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE radio player.